0: Yeah, for my whole I don't, life.
1: I, don't <laughs> I don't like how okay if this man leaves the room what happens to her she could probably turn sideways and get well, out can't she
2: her arms are not restrained she yeah could get I guess out of she this. could
1: you're right she could reach forward she could sort of shimmy forward to where the rope is attached and she,
2: could, uh, she uh, I I could get out of that in like 12 seconds.
1: Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships. I am Keith. My co-host is Mike. Uh, can you demonstrate that you're present, Mike? Hello, everyone. And we have a new guest today. Uh, hi, Becca.
2: Hi, Keith. Hi, Mike. Um, uh, how's, I'm excited to be here today. Uh, yeah.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about your... I don't know if qualifications is the right word, but maybe what might make this conversation interesting?
2: Sure. Uh, so I have been involved in the San Francisco Kink and sex positive scene since about 2013 um, For a while I was leading this group called the San Francisco TNG, which is a way for people who are between 18 and 40 to be like introduced to the scene um, In addition, I am, on the board of the San Francisco Sex Positive Democratic Club, which seeks to bring the like philosophy of sex positivity into local governance. Um, and I am also a podcaster. I make a podcast called Intertractional, which is an intersectional feminist investigation of Star Trek. And we do sometimes talk about kinky stuff.
1: Wow. That's- uh, an oddly specific
2: <laughs> how many episodes
1: how much is there to is there to cover there oh
2: my god there is so much i so there's so much we have i think what like 37 episodes at this point wow. but it's like okay. uh, there's since 1966 star trek has been in some iteration or other alive in the world so there's
1: okay that. but it is mostly not would you Want qualify that show as sex positive?
2: Um, not necessarily, but we can take some. We can, you know, we take an intersectional feminist lens to Star Trek, and it's not like exclu- we don't exclusively talk about sex and sex positivity, sex positivity, but we do often talk about, you know, broader feminist issues. Sure, and sure, sure. It's a launching off point. Bias, all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay um okay so i think we're going to get into a bunch of this stuff here um but uh we're going to open the proceedings with our usual porn viewing and analysis segment um what have your adventures found us this time mike
0: well i i know that becca has a specific interest and knowledge base around sort of bdsm we've had one guest on in the past who had some experience there too but i think becca's will be a little different uh, maybe more informed on some level and so anyway i picked out a couple uh videos that uh that are kind of interesting snippets of, uh, some stuff that I noticed recently online. Um, yeah. And, uh, as usual, we'll put the, uh, video links in the show notes so people can follow along and, uh, yeah, we have two videos and we'll start the first one just at the beginning, right at the beginning of the video.
1: Just based on the name of this video, anal hook in the ass does its job. I'm, Concerned that this is not going to be my favorite content viewing of all. I time I think it's but. really interesting. I
0: think it's really interesting. It's something that I wasn't aware of until like a month okay. ago. As, a, as okay. a thing. All right,
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this in the name of science. Okay. All right, I'm gonna start this. And uh, are you ready, Becca?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I'm gonna start this in three, two, one. Starting. So it starts with the standard like, Pornhub like, little uh, text.
0: Now there's a woman with a steel or metal thing step over butt and she's it's connected to her hair and somebody's slapping her the key thing here though is that because of the hook that's in her butt that's connected to her hair and also like some sort of windows or something in the, maybe the bed frame she can't actually move she's sort of immobilized by it and that's actually the end of it it's only 22 seconds long
1: if she moves it will insert the hook further is, is that i'm actually I think not it moves sure it
2: around like changes the angle or whatever
1: in a good way or bad way? Like, is she supposed to be restrained so that she can't move or is she, is this good?
2: Uh, well, it depends on what you're trying to achieve. (laughs) I think it like, there is some restriction of motion, obviously. Um, but there's also that, like I mentioned, like when she moves around the angle and the depth of that hook will change. So, and, I, you know, a lot of people also like having their hair pulled or some other way, like a sensation of hair pulling. So that's an added element in this particular clip. Um, yeah. So anal pleasure. It's a real thing.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I, th- there's a couple things here that like – so first of all, like you can't tell this from this clip, but there is a sort of a ball attached to the end of the hook, which is sort of like keeping it in place inside of her ass. And uh, the thing that I thought was sort of interesting – It's not a sharp end to the
1: hook is what you're saying.
0: Correct. But it also means that like there's something that has to be inserted, right? Like it requires a little bit of uh, lubrication and then kind of inserting. The other – the thing that I found sort of interesting about this is it's like I just never considered the notion of restraint. Like I don't think it's just like that it moves around inside her body. Like she's actually physically restrained by this. Like the hook is kind of going up her vertebrae in such a way that like she actually – like it's actually like – yeah, like holding her body in place in a pretty physical, like pretty, I imagine pretty like forceful way, right? Like she's like, uh, yeah, I mean, more restraint. Like I wouldn't have imagined that you could use somebody's anus to restrain them in this way, if that makes sense, Keith.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I wouldn't have either.
2: <laughs> Keith is like, I would have preferred to never think about this <laughs> yeah, for my whole I don't, life. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like
1: how, okay, if this man leaves the room- what happens to her? She could probably turn sideways and get well, out. Can she?
2: Her arms are not restrained. She yeah, could get out of Yeah, I guess she this. could.
1: You're right. She could reach forward. She could sort of shimmy forward to where the rope is attached. And she
2: could. She. I. I could get out of that in like twelve seconds. That's interesting. Twelve. Like, that like, okay, you're
1: you're the Houdini of getting out of. Uh, well, it would be a lot harder if, if
2: my arms, if my hands were restrained as well. Like, sure. That's okay. A
1: okay fine there are aspects of BdSM where like you are completely dependent on yes. the other person that's like I guess a more advanced
2: bondage yeah 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 there's so a whole there's a changed. whole spectrum of bondage and some of it is completely complete immobilization um and some is like very just like playful like you can you can do like entirely mental bondage like, I'm going to put your hands here like this. Don't move them. Hmm. And there's okay, So that would
1: be like on the lowest end of like physical restraint. Okay. All right. And then you can get to a point where you're using like police grade handcuffs and the keys have been incinerated. Yeah. I don't really recommend (laughs)
2: like that police grade handcuffs. Like you want something that's at least a little bit padded to, um, in your restraint. I mean. Unless you're really trying to go for something bloody and damaging and that's not sexy, in my opinion. Okay.
1: I was talking about the the uh, magnitude of the restraint, not the sure. physical comfort of it. But okay. Yeah. All right. Obviously, both things are are, are in play here. All right. Should we watch the next one or, or should we discuss this one more? What do you think, Mike? No, let's go okay. to the next one and then we can talk about the some, some more general stuff. Um, okay.
0: So the next one we're going to start, uh, again, it's in the show notes and we'll start it at uh, 145.
1: Right, hold on. I got to just because I there's like, like a
0: kind of gets you to the and And uh, Becca informed us that this is a kink.com clip, which I did not know from this from the uh, the you didn't scenery. know
2: just from the still image of it.
0: <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. Um, but I, I have I, to
2: yeah. say, there's an ad that's showing up all over this, like as it's loading, and it's somebody. It's an animated thing with like somebody pouring apple cider vinegar on their dick. I don't understand what's going on there, but what is it, it, it add? for the vinegar? Probably. This weird tri- trick makes any penis increase by 65%. Oh,
1: send that to Mike. Um, no, no.
2: Never mind. <laughs> all right, never mind. Here go. We're not all talking right, we're gonna, about that.
1: Right we're going to start all right. in. Uh, all right. Is everyone ready? I'm, I'm ready. ready. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to start in three, two, one, starting.
0: Okay, so there's a woman who's restrained on her stomach. She looks like she can't put her head down also, so like she has some kind of like rope restraints. Yeah, that's right. There's a rope going up to the ceiling. Anyway, there's a man. The important thing is there's a man behind her with some kind of rod that he's probing her, I guess, vagina with. And you sort of worry. It's almost like he's mopping. You worry what's on the end of this rod. Um, Okay, now they show sort of a close-up, and you see that there's like a, I guess, somewhat realistic dildo attached to it. Yeah. Um, she also has an anal hook uh, that is part of a restraint. She, I don't know if she could get out of this. I think she may be really uh, she's stuck.
2: stuck. Yeah, she's, she's stuck. this is this is very restrained. Her uh, arms and hands are tied like very much. And
0: her down. legs are out in an angle that I don't think my legs could go. They're kind of she's on her stomach, but her legs are kind of like out to the sides, restrained. And it's unclear. I mean, she's appearing to enjoy it, although. I
1: always have skepticism in these situations i think Um, this is a a performance yes
0: anyway that's about a minute so
1: okay all right let's 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 stop this it looks like a guy working uh you know what it reminds me (laughs) of uh like a an iron in a fire or something he's like you know forging something that's what the rod looks like to me yes okay becca can you what's going on here (laughs)
2: um yeah what's going on here so many people really do enjoy being restrained and the and I'm among them like being in bondage having to me the psychology of it is is there's a very specific kind of freedom that is present when you cannot you have no power to control any of your limbs like you don't have to worry about what your body's doing because you can't um and so there's like a real ability to then get completely embodied when you're when you stop worrying about like how am I responsible for where my where my hands and my feet and any other part of my body is
0: so you're describing sort of like being submissive like the other per you, you you I think that's what you're saying I don't want to put words in your mouth but like that uh, an yeah. important element is is the other person's in charge.
2: Yeah, it's a it's definitely a flavor of submission for sure. Yeah.
0: And is there is it do you find that it's enhanced by being in a situation where you actually like so in our first clip like we agree that the woman could get out of it. The second one it seemed like maybe not. Do you think there's like a significant difference between the two or or is it kind of the same in the sense that you have to trust the other person and so forth?
2: I mean, yeah, all of these scenarios are very much built on like trusting the other person. Um and I think that that's part of what makes it sexy is that you are, you have built that rapport and that trust with your partner. And in, in, in the production of porn there, especially with like kink.com, because I've met people who work on sets there and like bottle for them or whatever, um, that they do a lot of work around setting things up, making sure that everybody knows like how things are going to go. And that gives you some ability to relax into the moment and, and really just be there like
1: do they have psychologists worrying. there
2: i don't know about that um maybe but i doubt it unless somebody unless somebody like has happens to have a psychology degree
1: <laughs> okay they're an incidental psychologist <laughs> right <laughs> right this strikes me as something that could leave someone quite traumatized even if this was just in a acting situation unless there was a certain parameter. Uh, yeah, let's
2: have I, you ever watched a full video from kink.com?
0: I have not. It's really I, hard you. to watch the full video as a man for obvious
2: reasons. Well Why? I guess I I well, guess my I mean, question is more have you watched the beginning and the end of kink.com? Like they they tend to be like up to an hour. And okay. when you pay for them and you buy the full thing, like that's that's a lot of viewing pleasure that you can achieve out of a single you know a single purchase. Yeah. Um, but the the reason I asked that question is that at the beginning, at the end of Kink.com like productions, they are in conversation with the models, the people who are I see. doing this. And in the beginning, it's like, let's make sure that you're comfortable. Here's how things are gonna go and then at the end they do like a debrief how did that go what did what was your experience like and you know it's always they're like very pleased with what they okay. just did like okay so the before... i have no doubt that she's enjoying herself in that in that clip
0: okay oh, that's interesting she... so it's not purely acting from your perspective no.
2: well what is acting i don't know like i i I have no doubt that she's deriving sexual pleasure from that experience.
1: Okay, sometimes
0: zero amount. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't sign up to do that. You wouldn't. Uh, um, it would be difficult. to- Yeah, if to- it's not your
2: bag, you're not gonna. You're not, you're gonna go do some other kind of porn, like sure. Yeah.
1: Sure. Well, okay. All right. So the before and after care are like obviously big parts of. I think what would be considered proper bdsm stuff
2: mm-hmm. yes i
1: have seen porn where it's intentionally demeaning to mm-hmm. the re- the receiver in a way that you know
2: yeah, yeah a like, lot of porn is very misogynistic yeah you're you're correct
0: well you don't think that this this clip here was misogynistic all right what's what's the uh what 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 are the features of this that make it not because I mean I think I think the naive person would look at this and say, like, look, like, I mean, yeah, she's tied up. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that you could perceive as misogynistic. So I'm interested in, well, in, in in your perception there. I
2: think that the difference is that it's like, well, I know that the people who are participating in that have signed on, have said, like, yes, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm into. Okay. Um and you know, at the same time, there might be some kind of script that has undertones of misogyny and sexism and whatever. And like, that's present in a lot of porn. And it's actually part of why like, I don't, I don't enjoy a whole lot of porn. And I don't often, like, just kind of go whatever browsing on Pornhub or whatever, like, um, I think it's important to pay for porn. And a lot of porn that you have to pay for is a lot more like, Reliable about how it treats the people who are in it, uh, especially the women who are in it. Um, but I think that I don't know. Like she's super wet. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. She like,
1: she's certainly appeared to be yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. All right. This line though between. Okay. It's frustrating. I don't know if frustrating is the right word. It's, it's interesting that much of the BDSM porn that is available on Pornhub or that, that seems to get the most views often has the trope where the woman is being particularly demeaned. And Mm -hmm. to your point, you know, like in the, in the organizations that you work for, or sorry, that, that you uh, are involved with, um, you know, you would advocate for you know, good lines of communication, good, you know, before and after care. But the stuff that like men seem to be consuming on this is not, or is at least at best paying lip service to that and often sort of ignoring it or discarding it. Like that, I don't know, paradox or ju- juxtaposition is, I don't know, sort of alarming. It seems like this can- You know, often, expression this can...
2: of our patriarchal culture. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It just seems like this can like quickly go off the rails.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into how come there's a market for for the female participants in porn to be demeaned, degraded, dehumanized and it's it's just a distillation of the way that our culture is. I don't think it's I actually don't think it's specific to porn.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> I mean, so in so
0: Becca, in your uh okay, so so like this these particular clips, and I'm sort of guilty for picking out clips. But although uh, to be fair, like if you're looking for clips that are BDSM, you're going to find things that look like this, where there's like the most common yeah. thing. Although there are like I sort probably of probably have role play the opposite direction
2: movies very similar to this one. I'm like not, not this one specifically, but very similar to this.
0: Sure but like the i okay is is it i realize like there's a wide variety but it strikes me that like most maybe maybe large majority of the sort of bdsm play that's out there not just porn but like things people do actually is male dominant and female submissive is that wrong
2: yeah no you're not wrong um yeah
0: okay but so i mean it's so it's i don't know if it's fair to say that like okay If you assume that the people are all consenting in in general, like people that are consenting and stuff like that, it's not just a reflection of culture, right? I mean, isn't there some sort of underlying like tendency that's being revealed there that a woman has more fun being in a submissive role in general? I realize like, you know, there are always outliers and there is the opposite direction that things go. I mean, isn't it, couldn't it be viewed as just, you know, so porn is depicting this stuff partly because it's from the male gaze, but also because it's like, yeah, this is just what people do, right? I mean, women are often fetishized. Being submissive. I don't know. How do you feel about that?
2: Uh well, I have very complex feelings about it. And let me see if I can say them in any kind of brief way. So we live in a sexually violent culture. Sexual violence is rained upon women. Eroticizing that is a way to reclaim power about it. So that's one that's one way that I think about it. Another way that I think about it is that actually any like many people of all genders enjoy submission it is just easier for women to express that because of the cultural expectations around it it's harder for men to express a desire to be submissive because it it um what's the word it jeopardizes their masculinity in a way that it does not jeopardize my femininity to embrace that about myself
0: do you find that it would be uh you would find it would jeopardize your femininity to be... Are you Sometimes. ever dominant? Rarely. All right. And does that work for you? Rarely. So it's not that really your thing.
2: It really depends on the, on the person that I'm interacting with. Yeah. Like, I have definitely felt that frision of, like, power in certain, like... <laughs> it, express, it especially expresses itself when people like to do like puppy play or like like kind of animal like if somebody's a little puppy and they want me to come in and like interact them like a little puppy and I'm their master I am into that um and it's like it's like barely sexual it's more like I feel a lot more about that person the same way that I feel about an actual dog than I do about somebody I want to have sex with how brutal So this is
0: a this you so you know men that want to be treated like puppies. Can you give us any more color on what happens? Like, you know, yeah, like what? Okay, so you come in and he's dressed up like a dog.
2: I'm like thinking of this particular interaction that I had with somebody at Burning Man one time. His name is Squeak, or at least his persona's name is Squeak. We don't want to Um, dox him.
1: There's plenty of squeaks (laughs) in the world, Mike. Don't worry. and (laughs) he was
2: in like a collar and i don't know maybe like a jock strap or something but it was all in the behavior like he was like really just like behaving like a little puppy and you just want to pet him i just wanted to pet him and like scratch him and be like oh aren't you so cute um like take him for a walk and uh i have another friend who i sometimes do puppy play with and uh Like for him, what I enjoy about it is like making him do something that I know that he wants to do, but he's very uncomfortable doing.
1: Uh, Yeah, I was good. Hold on. I was just going to comment that I suspect. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We're definitely going to double click on that. But yeah, I suspect that something about pretending to be an animal, role-playing an animal makes it easier for them to embrace their submissiveness. Right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like a ruse or something that... Anyway, yeah, like, like, like what?
0: Eat out of a dish or something? Like,
2: yeah, like go for a some, walk.
0: Some sexual thing? I don't know.
2: I, on all I fours. Th- yeah. So this is, so more broadly, I think that there is kink and there's sex and there's an intersection. Like, if you can imagine a Venn diagram and two circles, they intersect, but they are not the same. And there's a whole world of kink that, involves never touching each other's genitals ever um so what is that is that sex I don't know no in my opinion or yes maybe it's very it's very fuzzy like I think that there's this like we try to draw some stark lines around what is sex and what isn't and it's just not as clear-cut as we want well, it to how does be. that
1: how does that get negotiated, right? Like if you're at some sort of sex party and, you know, you're well, that's a sex you're doing party this. Case. Okay. Sorry. You're at some sort of party. party. Okay. Well,
2: <laughs> let's, let's, let, wait, let's pause about sex parties because okay. I've been to sex parties and I've been to kink parties and they're very different.
1: Ah, I see. Okay. Now. Okay. Yeah. Like how do you know, negotiate the expectation of whether or not there's going to be sexual activities? You talk about it. Okay.
2: You say, this is what I'm comfortable doing. I want you to never take your underwear off. If you get hard, that's fine. I don't care but I'm not going to do anything about it.
0: When So when you say a kink party, like, so yeah, I was going to ask you, like, how do you, like, how does one find, if one specifically was interested in non-sexual kink, is that like fetlife.com or something? Yeah. Like, what's the, what's the...
2: Yeah, I mean, oh, I got it. I have I very complicated feelings about FetLife. I haven't logged into my FetLife account in probably in like over a year, uh, just because I think it's a uh, the things about FetLife that are functional are the event like planning and announcements, and then there's all there's an entire like area of it that I just don't want to touch where people are having all kinds of fucking drama. Um, Like
1: what is it? I I thought FetLife was sort of like Tinder, except you listed your fetishes. Okay, no, it's much more like Facebook. Okay, I see.
2: Yeah, it's much more like Facebook. I see. Um, It's it's a yeah, it's a place for people to to find community, and that's how I found TNG, the the organization I mentioned that I was leading for a while. Um, FetLife is like facebook for kinksters in that you set up a profile you like talk about the things that you are interested in you have you connect with friends you post post pictures you can post comments you can like organize events um and if you're like if you're trying to use it like tinder you're probably not gonna find it very enjoyable honestly like I think that there's a lot of people who go into Fet Life and like their profile picture is a dick, probably theirs, but who knows. And they and they just like send kind of creepy messages to anybody that they think is remotely sexy. And then they get sad when they don't get responses from that.
1: Okay. That sounds a lot like Temper. Because it's just
0: a horny guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. It's, it's not like, it's not somebody who's actually interested in being in right. the community. They're just, it's yeah. just, a, yeah. And the,
2: and those people who aren't act who aren't really interested in being in the community are not people that I really want to connect with, because I think that they have really warped, probably from porn, ideas about how BDSM and kink will go and do not have this skill set around negotiation that is very necessary in order for that to actually be something that's mutually enjoyable and safe
0: okay so what if you were if I, if, if i was on fet life and i wasn't uh one of and let's be honest here like it's probably the vast majority of men who would be the the penis <laughs> picture just like looking for a hookup okay but let's say i wasn't that guy i probably am but let's say i wasn't what would be like i'm actually having difficulty imagining like what would be non-sexually what would be a typical thing that i might search for like what what do you find would it be dressing up in leather like having a party where everybody's dressed in mm-hmm. leather everybody's dressed like i've read about like people who dress up like um stuffed animals or whatever furries, furries. Mm-hmm. is that is that what we're talking about or is 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 there something like that i'm totally yeah. missing in terms of what would actually happen
2: um i'm not sure if your question is what will happen on fetlife or what would happen in the events that you find by being on FetLife, which question?
1: I
0: think the latter, okay. the second one, Yeah. the second one. Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, what would be a typical thing to search for? What would I find? What? what like, I, I actually, because I I've never been on there and I don't know. Maybe I do have one of these kinks, and I, I, I probably not. I'm probably boring, but yeah. Well, like, what what might I look for?
2: Um. Well, clearly you came across and were intrigued by videos with people with anal hooks. So maybe that's something that you would look for. I don't know what you would look for. That's just my you. job. <laughs> um, but I can tell you, job to, I can tell find you a stuff. whole host of things that you would be able to find. Um, you, so you mentioned sure. furries, definitely that's there. Uh, you mentioned leather culture, a hundred percent that's there. Uh, other things there's like ABDL, adult baby diaper lovers. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh lord. And and by and like extended from that is. Any people who like mess around with age play. I'm not really into that, but plenty of people are. Um,
0: what is age play? Age play, play
2: is uh, any time that you are playing with a partner as a different age than the age that you are, and it often is. Got it's it. most often, I think, expresses mm-hmm. itself as people who are adults pretending to be very young.
1: Yeah. Okay. See where that can be problematic
2: or embodying being very young. Like, Mm -hmm. like if you're like, I've talked to people who are in this and they really like when they're in that headspace, they really believe that they are five or whatever, however, however old.
0: So let's say, let's say, Becca, let's say that I did the diaper one. Uh, And so I said, okay, and I I get invited to a party. I'm a reasonable person. I've chatted with some people on this Facebook site. And, um. I get invited to a party. So what what so I show up, I'm wearing wearing some pampers Mm -hmm. or whatever. And uh and what we just all stand around in diapers and drink beers Mm -hmm. or something? Like what happens?
2: Um yeah. Well I
0: have no image in my head.
2: I well, first of all, anytime that you're going to a party newly and you want to do that successfully, make like look for they will almost certainly have some kind of orientation. Go to that, like 100%. And if if there is an opportunity, like a pre-meetup to do that's like ex- expressly social only, do that too, because you will be a lot happier. You will have a much better time at any of these parties if you've made social connections with the people who are going to be there before you show up expecting somebody to play with you in some way that you've never met and you never plan to talk to again. It's about demonstrating that you have sure, some that. emotional intelligence and some desire to yeah, know and having people respect. As people. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: definitely. Definitely. The, but but, but what, yeah, of course you like you're gonna know. do something. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to say like specifically at the uh, okay. what, adult baby diaper lovers, like I haven't been to a party like that, so I don't know exactly what they do, but I think it's something about wearing diapers and being fed bottles and like playing with toys, and stuffed animals or whatever.
0: Okay. So there'd be like some sort of facilitator and you would, uh, may, may, what I don't know, is, do you mind saying one of these categories that you enjoy mm-hmm. frequenting? And yeah. Maybe we could find out what happens at um, one of those. So
2: I've been to a number of rope parties, for example, bondage parties with rope, and um, and that is, like, you You can identify as a rope bottom or a rope top, and people who are rope tops are, it, like, spend a lot of time developing a set of skills around bondage, about tying people, like, shibari rope is, is a very popular yeah, good Japanese it. style of rope bondage. Um, and so you... Yeah, you kind of mingle, like eat cheese plate food and you so I mean strike up this, conversation and then maybe you get tied up. This
1: this That's interesting. This okay. Venn diagram that you talked about, you know, sort of between kink and, you know, sex sex. Like it just seems strange standing around, you know, as you say eating cheese. I don't know if that was literal or like a, you know, Very a figurative thing, but like and then people are like, oh, yeah, wow, that was a really good knot there. Like, it just seems like it's sort <laughs> of an arousing thing for the people who, I mean, maybe some people are into this because they, you know, are former boy or Girl Scouts and so they really liked knots when they were young. And now, you know, that this is how they can express it. But I think a lot of people, nay, most are, are into this because it makes them feel something sexually. And yes, yeah, they're like a... Performance part where it's like, okay, everyone's going to like sit down sitting, you know, around this area where the, where the top is going to, you know, do his like magician's act of, Sometimes. you
2: know,
1: roping everything up and everyone is sort of quiet and watches, but like nobody's.
2: Yeah. That would nope. be called a demo that, that does okay. often happen.
1: And no one's masturbating. No. Or it depends. Okay. Yeah,
2: You're really not. And it's like most parties that I've gone to like public masturbation is, is Brown a no, no, you will get kicked out. Maybe
0: you do that. (laughs) Okay. Public. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: It just seems a little like okay. It just seems like yeah, it could be well, okay. I would
0: This makes sense to me, Keith. This totally makes sense to me. Like it's because basically these are things these are things that you can't do. Like in normal sure. society, right? It's like when I say normal, that's you know. But but you know, like if I just walk down the street, this is never going to happen. And but it's like, hey, I have this thing. I could I could see if I to get interesting to be tied up by somebody. That's interesting. Like if it was a safe environment, like sure, that's that's an interesting experience. And here you can maybe I'd really like it. I have no idea. I haven't done it. And here you have a. Safe environment where you can actually do this thing that like most people most people only dream of doing. But it's true. You most people sort of imagine doing this, and these are people actually doing it. And I mean, I I, I would joke about the diaper one. That one doesn't appeal to me. But some of these things, you're like, hey, this. Uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't have the skills to tie someone up, but uh, being yeah, and and, and I can imagine other ones like this where it's like, hey, there's this thing that can happen that like you just read about or you imagine or
1: something, or you see in a video or a movie or something. I
0: don't know. That makes sense to me. I can imagine it being
1: intellectually interesting to see, but it also seems like it would be potentially sexually interesting to see for most of the people involved. And yeah, like towing that line is a little bit strange. Okay. I have a question. Do you think that most people, and I don't know what most means in this context, but we can talk about it, have some sort of undiscovered or unexpressed
2: kink yes okay (laughs) and i and my answer to that is yes because i think that kink is such a broad and possible term like like a lot of people consider sort of rough sex to be kinky right and in my like in my experience rough sex is like you know it's it's what's on the menu like i don't know like run, it's
1: run of the mill run of the,
2: not yeah it's not run of the mill in the in the sense that that's boring and i i don't want it but like run of the mill in the sense that when i pick up sexual partners from bars or wherever like mm-hmm. more often than not they have been interested in having rock sex and so is that kink i don't know <laughs> yes maybe yeah yeah There's been a lot of
1: discussion lately on the sex subreddit about um, choking and hair pulling and how a lot of men just assume that you don't need to ask for consent for that anymore.
2: Yeah, which is Um, fucking wild. Choking is actually in like a varsity level kink and it's it's and and people do it all the time. It's like you could literally kill someone. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's safer. Like what that man was doing to that woman in that video with the with the bondage and the dildo on a stick she's less likely to die from that than like me taking a random person home who decides they want to choke me out.
1: That feels right. That seems right. Um, okay. So, all right. So if most people have not fully explored their kinky side and okay. Do you think the ones that have are able to achieve higher heights of pleasure? Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah, because like in anything in, life, there. <laughs> in anything in life, if you're more in tune with your actual desires, you're better able to express them in okay. reality. Yeah.
1: I mean I'm I'm asking leading questions here because yeah, I mean, I agree <laughs> so far. Like I suspect that there are things that I have not explored about my sexual interests that could be like potentially that. very interesting. Well, I don't know. It's, it's pegging, it's pegging. Keith
0: no, wants
2: to I think you pegged. do want to do anal know. play based on okay. the one other go. episode that's... of this that I listened to. I think you want to do yes. it. Yes, there we go. And it does not I make agree. you gay, it's by these, the way. These,
1: these are baseless accusations that I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I make him gay, but that's okay. Um, but okay. Okay, but here's, here's the issue. Do you think that you can graduate to a level of um, sexual understanding and enjoyment that puts some partners into a realm where they're no longer compelling to you. So mm. if you, do you understand the question? I do. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I think I understand yeah. the question and where I land on that is like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to have sex with people who don't have a nuanced understanding of the concept of consent. Yeah. Like I'm not into that.
1: Sure. I meant more, okay, let's say you discover that, um, you really like being a dominant in a, in a bondage, uh, play situation. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Well, okay. I mean, there's a lot of women out there that are, you know, are, if I tell them that I really like, you know, rope play are going to sort of nope out of the situation. Can you, (laughs) yeah. Like, is it, is it, I know what you're going to say, but I'll ask the question anyway. Yeah. Like, is there a downside to exploring this? And the downside being, Um, you know, you sort of limit yourself to a a fairly small subset of the population that like really considers this and thinks about it and explores it carefully.
2: Mm. I, well, here's what I'll say in response to that. I did not have an orgasm from sex until I was about 27. I definitely had orgasms from masturbating, but not from sex. And that was about the time that I entered the kink scene. And what changed for me was I learned from those people and how, like, how to have a conversation for, like, what I want and what makes me come. And, like, I had many sexual pleasures, sexual partners from whom I derived sexual pleasure before that time. And I know that they had orgasms. (laughs) Um, But so, so, yeah, I think as the title of this show is your mileage may vary, like it's easier because of culture, because of whatever for people with penises to have orgasms in a kind of like random hookup than it is for people with vaginas.
1: Sure. Okay. We'll go ahead. But I think,
0: I've, yeah, I think that Keith is partly getting at this idea of like, I, I um, that as society is currently constructed, if you decide to kind of go down the path of, of, of exploring kinks, there's something you're leaving behind as society is currently constructed in the sense that like, There's a bunch of like, look, the vast majority of people are probably, while they may have internally a kink, are pretty vanilla in their lives. And there's certain life choices that probably you're leaving behind when you do that to some extent. Um, I'm imagining that like what you think would be a better way for society to work is for people to stop doing that and just to basically say like, look, like everybody should explore their kinks and it doesn't actually prevent society from functioning. Like I think there's some notion out there that like if everybody does this stuff, like who's going to like, you know. Yeah. How will society function? Right. I mean, there's some sort of like conservative notion there. And I think you don't think so.
2: Um, there's some conservative notion that kink is mutually exclusive from like a nuclear family.
0: Yeah. Something like that. Something like, yeah. Like how, yeah, how, how is somebody going to have like these sort of orden... Okay, Yeah. <laughs> I, I figured you'd say <laughs> that.
2: Yeah. I uh, know. Yeah, I know plenty of people who are in the scene who have like entire kids and day jobs. It's not hard.
0: But you don't think that, for example, but you don't think, for example, if you're married and have kids that having one or both of the people in the marriage, like having sex with a bunch of other people is destabilizing Um, to the marriage? I think it
2: depends on the marriage. And there's plenty of people who are entirely vanilla who do that. And some of them do it consensually and some of them do it through cheating. And like, what's better?
0: Sure. I agree with that. Yeah, but it seems it does seem – I think there's this notion that like this is – you're playing with fire. It's like you have this thing that's like a, a, a kryptonite yeah, for society. So like yeah, there's some if you like, run, like yeah.
2: slippery slope kind of argument. Like if you smoke a joint today, you're going to be doing heroin tomorrow. We know that that's bullshit about drugs. Why can't we know that it's bullshit about sex and kink?
1: Is that's it? True. Do you think that as people explore more – I'm just asking the question. I, I think I agree with the analogy, but – yeah, do people like okay, with age play, mm-hmm. you can imagine like a slippery slope there is dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. Um and setting up boundaries there is is pretty important and I, and I'm guessing the people that are engaging in that um ethically are are mindful of that and, and careful. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, you know, so so I can imagine an issue there. Um I mean you can imagine an issue with getting into like really strong, dominant stuff where like, you know, you keep needing more, keep needing more, um, in your experience and like with the people you've talked to, do most people find sort of like an upper limit on, on where they, where things are? Um,
2: yeah. Um, I think that people find, well, people grow and change and what they're into five years ago and what they're into today morphs And I don't think it's necessarily it always morphs in a direction of, quote, unquote, more extreme. It just morphs into a direction of like, oh, maybe yesterday I was really into rope. But like five years from now, I'm going to really be into leather. Who knows? Sure. Um, And that like having that cornucopia to draw from to me is an advantage because a lot of people talk about like in marriages that they get sale, they get bored, they get to a place where they're not having sex with their partners because it's always the same rote situation over and over again. And it's right. just like, why would I do that? And so if you have a larger selection from which to draw, then your ability to achieve novelty is greater and people do crave novelty. So I think, and you know, there is some danger in any capacity for people kind of doing things that are illegal or harmful to others. Um And I'll say again, like, I don't think that's exclusive to kink.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it seems like, yeah, like you, you're you acknowledging, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you're acknowledging some like potential downsides, right? So like, as you get into this, it might sort of close doors to some people who are like exclusively only considering vanilla stuff. Mm-hmm. And there is some risk of like some sort of slippery slope or like, you know, somebody discovers they you know, into pedophilia or into like, you know, actual sort of un- non-consensual physical abuse, but those risks are, are, are tiny in general and are sort of outweighed by, yeah, the, the gains from having a, a more, uh, you know, fulfilled lifestyle and, and, you know, being able to ex- ex- experience more consistent heights of pleasure and things like that. Is, is that, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, to me, to me, so having kink and having the knowledge of other kinksters to learn from about how to do what's your fantasy like in your head in a way that's consensual to like engage other people with it is safer and so then you don't then, then you can kind of channel that towards the people who want to receive it rather than raining it upon people who are unconsenting or who don't have like the – who just don't know whether or not they want it and that they're traumatized after they experience it because they didn't know.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, what if your kink is to rain it on people?
2: <sighs> yeah. I mean if your kink is to be sadistic – And to be sadistic at people who are not consenting, then I don't know if that's a kink or if that's just like a desire to harm.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um, Okay, can you maybe give a couple tips for, I feel like this is probably in your wheelhouse. Yeah, for people who are like looking to explore this more? Like, are there organizations or websites or like, how do you suggest people?
2: Oh yeah, definitely yeah. that's in my wheelhouse. Okay. Uh yeah. Well, uh despite despite my ambivalence towards FetLife, I do think that FetLife is a great resource for people who are looking to get into this community. Um and through FetLife you can find also if you're in the Bay Area, there's a there's a thing called Aero Bay, E-R-O-Bay, that is a calendar of like all of the kink scene events oh, that cool happen in the Bay Area. Um, I don't know if that exists in other places. Probably there's something similar, but I just don't know about it. Um, there's an organization called Dark Odyssey that hosts a lot of events around the country, like uh, conventions. So you could check out Dark Odyssey if you wanted to. Um, I I discovered vet Life through listening to Dan Savage, Savage Lovecast. Kink is not the only thing that he talks about, but he often does talk about kink. Yep. Um and the best way in my experience to get involved is to go to an event. And one of the one of the breakthroughs that I had in my life was I was like lurking on FetLife for a few years before I went to the TNG event that I went to um sometime in 2013 and I had been really shy to go to an event or to try to get involved some way because I was on my own.
1: I think that's a reasonable, I mean, like, I think think it would be, I think it would be at least intellectually interesting to see a bondage party. And Mm -hmm. it might be sexually interesting to me, I'm not sure. But yeah, I would like to, to experience it. But it just feels like to me, I don't know if shy is the right word. I, th- I feel like it would be awkward. Like this this notion of like you go in and, you know, you serve, get yourself some cheese and, you know, a glass of Chardonnay and like standard. I don't know. It just feels a little bit. And then especially if I went by myself, am I just like, you know, the creepy guy in the corner? Like, well, it just seems.
2: Yeah. Well, so here's ways to not be the creepy guy in the corner. Okay. Like I said before, go to a social gathering first. So in the kink scene, there's things that are called munches and munches are like kind of contain social containers for people to meet and interact that are explicitly not play things. Like it's, it's an event at which play is not going to happen so that you can interact as human beings and like know each other's names and be demonstrate that you aren't that creepy guy in the I corner. Agree. Yeah.
1: And, yeah, because like if you're yeah. hosting a party like this, uh, inviting a stranger is actually probably quite risky, right? Like, Yeah.
2: A, a, a very few people, uh, very few parties are just like open to randos. Like that's <laughs> right. like you kind of have to know that they're happening in order to get right. there. Makes sense. And the way that you know that they're happening is by being on Fat Life or by going to these, to these play parties, or excuse me, these munches, or happy hours like a uh, happy hour in this context is like a munch, but you can drink alcohol. Munches are often dry. Like hmm. a lot there's actually a kind of like a pretty big faction within kink that is like we will not allow any drinking of alcohol or consuming of other mind altering substances at our at our parties. I can um, imagine reasons that's way, for that.
1: What's keeps that keeps it safer. It probably yeah. keeps things safer, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean I I think that it can be done safely where you can drink booze or smoke weed or whatever and engage with this but you have to know your own mind pretty well in order to do that so you know
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um but yeah, so that's that's my recommendation like show up as a person in a social in a social context before you're trying to go to a play party.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, something. And to finish the story
2: that I started, yeah, go ahead. like I was lurking on Fet Life for a couple of years. And uh, actually, so I went to Burning Man. 2013 was the first time I went to Burning Man. And I there's a camp at Burning Man called Suspended Animation that like does broke bondage at Burning Man. Uh, and they were hosting some like event like come get tied up. Um, so I went oh, there cool. on like an afternoon. I hung around and I got. I got suspended, which is a thing that I had been like dreaming about for years, but had not yeah. experienced. Um, and it like doing that, that experience, it was a great experience, really just like end to end, like pleasant, cared for, you know, um,
1: done Done in a way that wasn't painful, but was
2: right. It was yeah, fun. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's Did you sensual. feel
1: did you feel sexual arousal? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah.
2: Um, not really. I mean, like maybe a little bit, like I was definitely, you know, like kind of heightened sensory input. Like when you're, anytime that you're experiencing something, like if you're, uh, I don't know, skydiving or whatever, it's kind of, kind of like that, like you're, your sense of being in the world is just, is heightened. Um, but like, I, I definitely didn't have sex with anybody there when I was in rope or afterwards. And, um, uh, once again, like what is sex, but yes, nobody, nobody touched my genitals. Um, and then having experienced that, I was like, okay, I really do need to just go out in the world and be doing this. Um, so that's when I went to that event at TNG, uh, which was a happy hour. And I just went by myself and I was nervous about that because I don't really like going anywhere just like by sure. myself. Yep. Um, But I walked in and somebody greeted me and introduced me to other people. And within 15 minutes, I was totally comfortable and I was making oh. friends.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we have the privilege of living in you know pretty open-minded west coast cities right you know not yeah. everyone has that kind of stuff but yeah for for those that do and who are interested it, yeah it seems like there's a pretty you know comfortable path to to getting involved so mike had to drop off is there anything else you wanted to add you mentioned um an event i think
2: oh yeah um yeah so this coming thursday march 18th I will be moderating a panel called Sex Work Decrim 101, which is going to be all about what is the current status of the uh, movement to decriminalize sex work and what, you know, what do we need to do next to actually make that a reality? Um, and that is being hosted by the Sex Positive Democratic Club of San Francisco Um uh, if you have show notes, I can send you a link to the Facebook event and yeah. you can publicize it for your, for your listeners. Everybody is sure. welcome. It's going to be on zoom. Okay. Um, yeah. I was
1: wondering if it was online.
2: <laughs> yeah. 7. PM Pacific time. Okay. Um, yeah, we have a good, we have a good like set of panelists who are going to be there. Also chase Chasa chase the district attorney for San Francisco is going to pop by. Uh, so it's legit, man.
1: Okay, cool. Do you want to mention your podcast again and your socials if you want to share them?
2: Yeah. All right. So my podcast is called Intertrectional. It's like intersectional, but with Trek in the middle. As I said before, it's an intersectional feminist investigation of Star Trek. uh, And you can find it at intertrectional.com. Also, we're like at at intertrectional on Instagram and and Facebook. Um, So yeah, check us out if you want my voice talking about Star Trek a lot along with my co-host <laughs> That's the Ryan. Place to go. Like, we are all about it.
1: Okay. Great. Um thank you so much for joining us. This was really informational. I really appreciate it.
2: Hey, I'm always I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to spread the word about this because I really believe that like people getting tuned into their kinks and learning how to do them from people who are knowledgeable and who have developed the skills. It's like it's like
1: the best thing good um so thanks again so this was episode 31 of your mileage may vary if you feel so inclined subscribe rate and review us pretty please if you'd like to give us some feedback or ask us a question we pay 15 dollars for anything we receive at ymmvpod at gmail.com thanks for the listen and we'll catch you next time